Jesus, what a, what a name, huh? What a powerful name he is. Man, do we realize how powerful that name is? I don't think we do, do we? I mean, that's uh, all powerful. I mean, you just say the name Jesus. You know, back in the day, they didn't even dare say his name because, or the name of God, because it was so uh, reverent and so powerful that a human being should be careful to even, like, say it. Like, we're made out of mud, right? And God is God. And how, how blessed are we to know him, right? That he would take the time to want us to know him, you know, and make it possible for us to know him. And he's given us his word. So the word is powerful, amen? And we're talking about Peter. Peter is, uh, you know, we're just marching through Peter. Go there, if you would, to the book of Peter. We're in chapter 3. And uh, Peter is saying, you are in Jesus. So not only is his name powerful, but we are in Jesus. Like, we've been brought into Jesus. I mean, that's incredibly miraculous, right? That, that you and I are hidden in Christ, that we are in Jesus. Like, and so it's like, what can harm us? What can harm you if you are in Jesus? I mean, what can touch Jesus? Nothing, right? There isn't a thing on the planet, in the universe, in the pit of hell that can touch Jesus. And when you're in Jesus, you're, you're safe, right? You're secure from all alarm, from, from any harm, right? Even your sin, even yourself, your own doing can't separate you from him because he's so powerful. He loves you so much. And Peter's saying that in him we have all these things, right? This new birth, this living hope, called to be holy, that we're called to, to live like with our eyes on the original stone, right? The original living stone. He calls us to do good. He calls us to man up. And he calls us, uh, last week we talked uh, to wives, to preach your silent sermon, right? To preach your silent sermon. We have so much in him. And today the word in chapter 3 to us is this. The word is this you know, from Peter is this squeezing light out of the darkness. That's what Peter is going to say to us today. Here's how you squeeze light out of darkness. And Jesus is the light. Amen. We just sang several songs that referred to him being the light, walking in him, right? Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light that has come to the darkness. And, and we can, in the midst of our darkness, we can squeeze light in Christ. Look at what he says in chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. We're going to read this section all the way to the end. He says this, finally, everybody laugh for a minute, haha. Because that's like a preacher's finally. He's really not done. He's got a few other things he's going to say, but he says here, finally, <laughs> sure, Peter. Right? That's kind of like, you know, a preacher when he says him, for my final point, right, so just take it easy. So what he's getting at here, uh, P Peter, is that in light of what he's kind of been saying about submitting to authorities and to powers and to rulers and, and to wives submitting to your husbands and all of us submitting to one another and Jesus submitting to his Father, in light of the submitting idea, finally, he says, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. 
Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever among you would love life and see good days must keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give, you the, or to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins and uh, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body and made alive in the spirit. In that state, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism, which now saves you also. And not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Squeezing the light out of the darkness. That's, that's, a, that's a trick, isn't it? I mean, it's tough, right? It's like, that's like you know, getting water from a rock, right? Not an easy thing to do, unless your name is Moses. Uh, not easy to do in life. You know, when life hands us things that seem impossible, God calls us to, to see beyond it, right? To, to make the most of things, right? It seems really crazy and impossible to, to try to squeeze from darkness, which we are surrounded by, any kind of light at all. You've heard the idea of when the going gets tough, what? The tough get going. That's right. That's right. Because that's what... That's what we do, right? That's what people do. That's what Christians do. When the going gets tough, we don't run away. We don't throw in the towel. We get going, right? We get, we get on with it. We go to work. We go to battle. And this is kind of the idea or the flavor of this text that Peter shares with us right here in chapter 3. It seems, if it seems impossible, right, to do these things, and he says, if you look through that, you know, to repay uh, good for evil, and, 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 and instead of insult, you, you bless, and all these things that Peter says you do as a believer that seem really hard to do, they seem impossible, it's because it is impossible. It is impossible. You as a human being will never do these things, but with God, thank you, bro. <laughs> All things are possible, that's right. It isn't you doing it, right? It's God doing it in you, right? Because in Jesus, God can do whatever he wants, right? He can do whatever he wants. When you are in Jesus, God can do whatever he wants through you. You don't even have to understand it or, or, or think it. God is able to do whatever he wants through, uh, through a soul that has surrendered to him, right? And as we walk with him, as we follow him, God 
is the God who does the impossible. And so what Peter says here to us, we're going to dig into this a little bit. It, it teaches us a couple things, that, that there's a battle that's going on in this, uh, on two different fronts. First front, and, and we all kind of know this, is the inner battle, right? This inner battle of discipline within us, right? It's this battle within our own mind and our heart that we fight against in this world, against the darkness that's in us that we have to push aside, right? This, this inner discipline to stay on task, to keep our mind in the right place, right? To, to not let these thoughts or the evil one get into our head and pull us away. In, in sports, they say uh, the battle, her battle or their battle is between their ears, right? You hear that phrase, the battle is between their ears. It's like, it's like are you going to stay focused and stay on task or are you going to let like doubt and fear and all these other things kind of pull you away? Right? So on one front, the battle is within us. On the second front, the attacks are from without. It's this world of darkness that we live that is coming after us. The temptation to do what the world is doing, the worldliness, materialism, all the things that the evil one is throwing at us from the outside to get our attention. Right? See, darkness hits us on every front and everywhere. Everywhere. It doesn't matter where you turn. You, you turn on the news and you see in our schools, Darkness is attacking, right? You look in the community, you look at your work, you look in our homes, you look in all places of life, right? Through things and through people, darkness is coming against us from every direction. And so if you're going to live in this dark world and somehow squeeze light from it, then we need to understand a couple things and thank the Lord for Peter. He gives us those things. Isn't that, isn't that neat? Isn't that awesome? So check this out. First thing is this. Understand this. If we're going to squeeze the light from the darkness, understand this, that blessings come in the midst of evil. Say that with me. Blessings come in the midst of evil. Now that doesn't seem right, does it? In the midst of evil, blessings will come. Wow, that doesn't seem right. In a, in a logical world mind, that does not compute. Right? That just does not seem like that's possible, that, that with evil, somehow there's a blessing. But that's exactly what Peter is saying. And what he's getting at is this, is that it's this attitude of how to approach the world like all the time, this world of muck that we live in, that we have no control over. We just live here and it's all around us. And Peter's saying, this is how you set your mind and your heart. This is how you set your attitude as you live in the midst of muck that you have no control over. Amen. Right from the outside. That battle front from the outside, the darkness that is going to come up against you. Look at verses 8 and 9. Look what he says, or just focus on those words for a minute. He gives us five words here real quick that he shares with us. And he says this, he says, be like-minded, right? Be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and be humble. Right? So as we live together as God's people in the midst of the darkness, Peter says, this is how you Focus your attention. This is how you set your mind. This is how you go to battle against the, the darkness. This is how you remain in the light. You stay together. You stay united. You stay in harmony. That's not an easy thing to do because that's the number one thing, right, that the devil wants to do. Whether it's our marriages 
or our relationships with people or in the church, the first thing he's going to do is attack us individually and separate one another, right? That's the devil's plan. Right? That's darkness at work. And Peter says, you fight against that, right? In this midst of darkness, you be like-minded. You stay together, whether it's doctrinally you stay together, or it's purpose, or it's the goals that you have to reach the world in this community. You stay together. You stay like-minded. He says, be sympathetic. Right? That's this attitude of caring about each other. Caring for one another, right, through uh, the good times and through the bad times, right? It's so easy in our world to want to throw in the towel. See, people do it all the time. It's just easier to give up, right? And, and what causes that? Here's what causes that, when you keep track of stuff, when you keep score, right? You mess with me one more time and that's it, I'm done with you, right? That's keeping score, right? I can guarantee you that one more time's coming, right? It's going to come. You know it's going to come. You might have arguments with your wife and you make apologies and we've been doing that for 35 years and still we're going to just keep doing that because that's the way it is. That's life, isn't it? She's over here shaking her head. She knows. I know. We know. We all know. But you don't give up. You still keep fighting the battle. The devil wants to get in there and disrupt stuff, but we know. And Peter's saying, look, if you're going to fight against the muck and the evil of the world and you want light to be brought into it, you stay together. You keep working at it. You be sympathetic. You, you keep committed. He says, love one another deeply, right? One, love one another. This is a brotherly love, right? And by, by this love, right, the world will know that you're my what? My, my disciples write this brotherly love. He says, you want to fight against, you want to be blessed in the midst of evil, you love one another. He says, be compassionate, tenderhearted, right? To, to, to be with one another, to care about each other, to get to know each other, and to be able to, like, to be compassionate for each other, for what we're going through, for what you're going through, right? We had a, we had a men's uh, breakfast yesterday morning. It was awesome just to get together with a bunch of guys. We need to do that, right, guys? Thank you, thank you for that. I was wondering if I was going to get any reaction. <laughs> and uh, it's good for guys to get together. It's good for the women to get together. It's good for our youth to get together. It's good for people, us, to get together and, and get to know each other. How in the world will you ever have brotherly love or be sympathetic to each other or compassionate to one another if we don't know each other? You can't do it. See, this is a call to, to be like-minded, to come together, and this is how we, together as a body, bring light into the midst of a dark world. Look what he says, be humble, right? That's a, that's a, a huge quality, right? Just to be, to be humble, right? I'm no different than any of you, okay? I am, and, and some people may not even like that. You know, because, because we want the preacher to be a little higher than us, right? Because we're trying to hang on to him while he's hanging on to Jesus. Well, I got bad news for you. <laughs> I'm just like you, okay? I'm a sinner. Don't talk to Trish about that. She'll give you more information than you need to know, okay? But I'm telling you, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, and I'm a sinner just like you, okay? The only person we're going to hang on to is Jesus. He's it. He is the only one that has conquered. None of us have. I have not, okay? Bible college does not give you a certificate that says you've conquered sin, okay? They don't do it. That does not happen. Be humble. All of us, humble together as we, as we strive to find the blessings in the midst of evil, 
as we work together. He says, do not repay evil for evil. This is hard. Don't repay evil for evil or insult with insult. So someone takes your jacket, right? You give them your shirt as well. We don't do that in this world. We, we think that that was, like, that was like old school stuff, that we, you know, if somebody does something to you, we retaliate, right? That's kind of our macho man mentality, right? Somebody does something, somebody strikes you, man, you're ready to strike back. But Jesus says, no, that's not how you live. That's not how you live. As a believer in Christ who trusts in Christ, you do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult. And there's a reason for it. Because if someone forces you, right, we know the scripture, go one mile, you go two miles. Somebody hits you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek, right? How hard is that? It's very hard. But this is how you live, right? Surrounded by the darkness, the things surrounded by, right, that are out of our control, that, we, that come up against us. When we get splattered by the stuff of this world and the darkness of the world, instead, he says, instead, you repay evil with a blessing. Wow, that's way out there. All right, I'm just still struggling with holding back my fist. And God said, no, don't even think about a fist. You give them a hug. Right? They take something, you give them more. That's craziness, right? I mean, this is difficult. This is impossible unless you're in Jesus. Right? The only way I'm going to pull this off, the only way you're going to pull this off is if you are so connected to Jesus that it's him doing it through you. If your flesh is involved in any way, you're going to blow it. Your flesh is going to rise up and want to do it because the flesh is weak and the flesh wants to retaliate and the flesh doesn't like to be down, put down, right? I remember when we, um, Trish and I, were going to her parents' house in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and we were driving through the country and this guy in this big old van was like, I, I turned kind of in front of him. He was taking a right, I was taking a left, and I got out in front of him. Well, he didn't like that. So he tailgated me all the way towards where her parents live. We're going there to eat, and we have this big bowl of glass bowl of jello, I think it was, right? And uh, it's just me and Trish and my little pickup. And we're going, and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we were going to drop some trash off at the dump, and I start to pull off, and he rams us from the back. I mean, he nails us, shoves us right off the road, through the gravel, into the trees, and he goes into the trees as well. So now we're both in the trees. And we both are done there. I mean, we're, the cars aren't going anywhere after that. And cops come, people come and stuff. And sure enough, this guy was drunk and he didn't have insurance and he didn't have a license and wasn't even his vehicle and all this, all this stuff. And so I just remember um, people telling us, man, you, you need to sue this guy. You need to go after everything he's got. And I was a fairly new Christian at this time. I really wasn't a Christian, but only a few years. And I just felt like everything inside me saying no. No, no, that's not what we're going to do. This, this guy needs the Lord for sure in his life, but I'm not going to sue him. I'm just going to let God deal with this. And, and, and that's what we did. We did nothing. Brashears, his name was Brashears, right? Brashears, that was this guy's name. We found out what his name was. We didn't do anything. He got in trouble with the law for whatever he had done, but we didn't go after him or sue him. But, but it's amazing how quickly, even Christian people, We'll say punch back, hit back, sue. You know, we're so, we live in a society so quick to sue everyone. Instead, repay evil with a blessing. Someone wants to punch you in the nose, don't punch back. Because this is how, look what he says next, this is how you inherit 
a blessing. <laughs> That's so cool, right? This happened, how many years ago was this? This was Hot Springs. What year, church? This is 30 years ago. And I can tell you, God has blessed us more than enough. For, I don't know, for this, but for, for, just, for just thinking the mind of Jesus. Just, just don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. And that's a hard thing to do, right? Because we have to go on with now our broken car and our smashed jello that's all over the windshield and all over us. And we got to move on, you know, but, but, but God can do way more than that for us. Right? Isn't that cool? My mom used to say, you kill him with kindness, right? I hated that when she said that. Didn't you hate that when your mother told you stuff like that? But that's so biblical. And, and, you know, she wasn't really that biblically minded, but she would say that. And I remember that. I always remember that. But kill him with kindness. That's so biblical. That's just like Jesus. So how do you squeeze light from the darkness? Like in the midst of a world that's hijacked from the evil one, how do you do this? This is how you understand that the blessings, blessings come in the midst of evil. That's how. Isn't that what the cross is all about? I mean, isn't that what the cross is all about? It's this billboard of the glory of Jesus on a cross outside the city for the world to see. Yeah, that's what the cross is all about. It's about light in the midst of darkness. Secondly, this. He says, you want to squeeze light from dark? Here's how. You understand that good days come when you turn from evil. Like, that's a little different. The first one is you're just surrounded by it and you're just living in it and we got to deal with it. This one is, it's in you. It's this inner battle within you and you've got to fight against it, right? This is about the act, actively fighting against the muck in you that's working against you personally. Look at verses 10 to 14. Look what he says. Whoever would love life, see good days, must keep their tongue from evil, their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Look what he says there. Who, whoever would love life. I think about that for a minute. Whoever would love life. Do you love life? That's a trick question, I know. We're like, I don't know, should I or should I not? <laughs> you know, should I love life? Is that the same as loving this world? No, it's not. We're clearly told not to love the things of this world. We know the world is passing away, right? And we're not to engage in this world. We're not to conform to this world. We're to be apart from the world, right? We're to be Christians, the light of the world in the midst of darkness. But, but the life that God intended us to have, the life that God wants us to have, this new birth in Jesus, this true life, this abundant life, yes, we are to love that life. Yes, we are. We're to love the life that God intended us to have. The creative work of God in your life. True life. Yes. Yes. Whoever would love life. And he says, and see good days. See, that Peter is referencing a passage in Psalm where it says, What is man that he desires life? Loves many days that he may see good. See, Peter's calling us to live a life that God has intended for you to live. And good days come when you turn from evil and you embrace that life and that light. He says a couple things here. Look what he says. Keep your tongue from evil. Three things to do. Keep your tongue from evil. Okay, nobody can do that for you. You do that. Right? God's not going to just do that for you. 
You work at keeping your tongue from evil, your lips from deceit. James said what? The tongue is a fire. It makes great boasts, right? It's a world, your tongue is a world of evil among the body, among your body parts, your tongue, evil. Cut it out. Don't do that. Just kidding. Control it, right? We let God in us control our tongue. Because it's easy to go off, right? We might not punch back, but man, we're quicked up. Say it, right? We speak it. He says, turn from evil, right? Another thing that we to do, we're to do, right? Now, this is not about living in a world of muck. This is about between the ears. This is about what's happening in you, in your life. You turn from evil. It's there. It's attacking. Don't let it get in. Don't let it get into you and control your life. You keep your tongue from evil. You turn from evil, right? Here's what that means. This means, literally, it means to swerve from it. Right? You turn from evil. I love that. Like you see it coming and you're like, whoa, there's a log. And whoa. You get out of the way. Here it comes. Right? You swerve from it. That's what it means. And do good. Turn from evil. Do good. That's what you do. Right? And then he says, seek peace. <laughs> peace on. Uh, and pursue it. Seek peace. In other words, you follow the road of peace. Right? Peace. The peace of God. Peace in Christ. Right? You do everything you can to, to bring the peace of God and the grace of God into your life and into the lives of other people. And not just do that, but you pursue that. See, these, these are the things that he calls us to do, right? As you resist the darkness, do these things, right? These are the things that are coming against you. He talks about your tongue, he talks about turning, and he talks about seeking peace. Keep in mind this, verse 12. Look at verse 12. God watches over such a person, right? So you want to see good days? Look above, the verse above, it says, you want to see good days? Whoever loved love life and see good days? Know that God sees you. You want to see good days? God is, sees you. He's watching you. He's watching over you, right? He's watching over such a person who is pursuing him and seeking him. His eyes are on you. Look what the verses say. His ears are listening to your prayers. You have God's attention when you live like this. When you honor God with your life, you line your actions and behaviors and your mind up with his will and his way and his word, you have his attention. How awesome is that? You want to see good days? You want God to see you? Honor God in what you do and how you live your life, right? But the face of the Lord, the face, the countenance of the Lord is against those who do evil. Oh, you don't want to be on that side, right? We don't want to be on the side where God is against you because that is a losing battle. The eyes of the Lord, the scripture says, run to and fro to strengthen those who are fully committed to God. Scripture says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Face, God's face in the Psalms, it says, the face of God is against those who do evil, and he cuts them off from any remembrance. They are blotted out from even a remembrance on the earth. <laughs> That's what the face of God will do against someone. They won't be remembered at all. Verse 14, if you suffer for doing good... Don't be afraid. 
Okay, if you suffer for doing good, do not be afraid because you are in the right place with God. So how do you squeeze light from the darkness? You understand this, that good days come when you turn from evil, right? You turn. You get away from it. You don't let it, don't let it have its way in your life. Number three, how to squeeze light from darkness? Verse 15, look what it says. Let Jesus rule in your heart. Right? It's all about Jesus, right? When he rules in your heart, you will, God will through you, turn darkness into light. He will find the light that's there and he will bring it out, right? Look what he says here. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That means to sanctify him. It means to honor him. It means to exalt him as Lord, right? It means to make Jesus the Lord of who you are, the Lord of your life. Worship Jesus at the core of who you are, right? When we come here to sing, it's awesome. We got a great band. We got great worship. But if he's not here at the core of who you are, it's meaningless. If you aren't already worshiping Jesus out there in the world, in your own life, then coming here and singing about him is just emptiness. You know what I mean? When we come here and we sing about how awesome our God is, it should be like an overflow of what's been going on all week. Right? And we come in here and, yeah, we're not perfect and we don't get it right and we have all these issues and we're trying to fight the darkness and we don't always win. But when we are worshiping God with our life and then we come here together and we worship God, oh my goodness, that's amazing. That just should be like the boost that you needed to go back out and continue worshiping the Lord with your life. And that's what he means. Let Jesus rule. Let him be glorified. Let him be exalted in your life as you live your life. As you walk in, dark, in the dark world, let, the, let Jesus rule in your heart. This isn't about declaring Jesus as holy. He's already holy. He doesn't need you and he doesn't need me to declare that he's holy. He's already that. But this is about declaring him as your Lord. That's what this is about. This isn't about saying, God, you are holy. Yeah, he knows that. Is he holy over you? That's what God wants to know, right? Is he holy in your life? Have you surrendered to him and turned the reins over to him? Is he the Lord or not of your life? And then he says, be ready to share the hope, right? Gently, with respect, with clarity and conscious, good consciousness, right? That we are pure light, sharing good light with other people living in the dark in a way that is blameless, that we can't be pointed at as, as doing things, saying one thing and doing another. He says, let there never be a moment that you are not ready to jump on the chance to share the hope that you have in Jesus. Never, never there should there be a moment that you're not ready to go and eager to do it and willing to say, God, use me. He says, set apart Christ as Lord and be ready to share. Ready to share. The word share there means to answer. The word is apologia, where we get the word apologetics. And it means to explain or to defend or to uphold. God doesn't need our defense, I'll give you that. But he does need us to speak. In a world of darkness, the light has to shine. The light has to speak. The, world, the light has to answer the darkness, right? That's what we do. We answer the darkness with light. Your light, prove it. Live it. Talk it. Walk it. Let everything about who you are shine in the midst of darkness. Let your life be an apologia for the gospel. Let your life speak the word of God without a word. 
right? Intellectually, clearly, we share. Verse 16, he says, having a clear conscience that you are good with God, right? Having this clear conscience that nobody can point at you and say, but you did this, or look at this mess, or look at that mess. So that those who, who do speak maliciously against you, look at the verse 16, may be put to shame, right? Because you are free from any guilt, just like Jesus was, free from guilt, blameless. Verse 17, better to suffer for good than evil. Do you know that if it's God's will, he says, if it's God's will. Did you know that not all suffering is God's will? Not all suffering for good is God's will. Right? It's tricky, isn't it? Not all suffering for, God, for good is God's will. Timing is critical, right? God's timing is critical. Right? God can handle it. Sometimes we think that we've got to do everything for God. Like, like if something goes wrong, we've got to like jump in there and we got to, God, I got this. God, I got... All right, that's funny, isn't it? God, I got... No, you don't. You don't have to... God doesn't need us to do that. God's more than capable of taking care of his business. He just needs us to like submit to him, right? Just honor him. You be a living light for him. You. Don't worry about other people, what they're doing. You just be a light. You set a good example. The Holy Spirit's job in us is to help us know when to jump in and when to be quiet. The Holy Spirit in us today is working and guiding us and teaching us and moving in us and prompting our heart. And that's why it's important for us to walk in the light. You want to squeeze light out of the darkness? Let Jesus rule. Let him rule in your life, right? Surrender to his will and his work. And last, finally... And this truly is a finally. Here's how you, you, uh, you squeeze light out of darkness. Jesus, you look at Jesus because he's the one who squeezed the light out of the dark. Look what Peter says here in verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and he proclaimed to the imprisoned spirits. Peter says, you want to learn how to bring light out of the dark? Just look at Jesus. Just follow the example of Jesus, right? Jesus understood the battle. Jesus understood the price that had to be paid. Jesus understood the cost. He understood his purpose, and he followed God's plan. He lived in the light. Verse 18 to 22, he suffered once for, all, for sins, right? The righteous for the unrighteous. He, Christ also suffered in it with us, right? He suffers with us as we live in this world to bring you, look what it says, he suffered to bring you to God. That's what Jesus did. He went through the darkness, tacked by the darkness, fought through the darkness, remained the light. Why? For you. For you, right? He suffered. He sacrificed. He, he went through it all for you and for me, so that we could come to God. He was put to death in the body, made alive in the spirit. And this passage here where he proclaimed to the imprisoned spirits is, is a, one of those mysterious passages that there's lots of ideas about. What did Jesus actually do when he was dead? Well, how many of us are there? 70? Okay, about 70 different answers to that question. Um, of what Jesus did, what we do know is this, he preached. <laughs> we know what he did do is he proclaimed. What he did do was he was concerned about those that were lost in the days of Noah. Now, how he went in the spirit and proclaimed to them, we'll ask him one day when we see him. 
But all we do know is that he was concerned. And whether they heard the message and they were able to believe, or they heard the message and, and terror came upon them because they didn't believe, and now the, 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 the truth had finally come around that Jesus came and he conquered death, and now in the grave he goes and he says, look, it was true, and now they're like, whoa, what Noah tried to tell us was true. And now they're filled with terror? I don't know. I don't know. But in an effort to complete his mission, Jesus went and he proclaimed to those spirits of old in the days of Noah during the flood where only eight were saved and the world perished. So what he did isn't half as important as what he's trying to do for you. Right? Whatever he did for them, is that's between them. But what he's trying to do for us is say, he's coming again. And not everyone is going to be saved. And most of the world is going to perish. This is like a repeat event that's going to happen. And many people are going to be lost. But only those who put their faith and their trust in him will live. He says, save through water. Look what he says in the text. Baptism, this baptism which now saves you, not the removal of dirt, but a clear conscience toward God. That God is what he's mostly interested in, is that you come clean with him. That you get washed in him. That you get made new in him. That you're pure in him. That your soul is right with him. Right? That's what he's most concerned about is that you are right with God, the God of all creation. And he proclaims this. This is what Peter's proclaiming using the Old Testament as an example of what we must do. Jesus, he says, who has gone into heaven, right? He went into the prison. Now he's gone into heaven, is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers, all of those in submission to him. All of the power is in Jesus. He is everything. And he is the one that will overcome this dark world. He is our ultimate example of how we will squeeze light from the dark. Jesus, who at creation's darkest moment, darkest moment, brought forth his glorious light on the cross. That Jesus, that Jesus is who we're here to proclaim. Let us as people, right, as we live in this dark world, let us walk in the light as he is light, right? Not just as he is in the light, but as he is the light. We walk in him. So whether the darkness is attacking us from the outside, coming against us from every direction in our family and our life through this world, or whether the darkness is already working on us from the inside because of what we've done to ourselves from the past, or were these battles, these inner battles and struggles that we fight? Either way, you will only overcome it in Jesus, in the light of the world. Father, we love you so much, and we're so grateful, God, that you love us. God, you are the light. You are the light that has come to shine in the midst of this dark world. God, you brought us in. You've extended an invitation to anyone, to anyone who would receive you and give you their lives and let Jesus be Lord. God, you have extended this invitation to all of us to come and live in the light, to know the light, to walk with the light, to walk in the light. And to somehow, in a dark, dark world that is perishing, to squeeze light out of it, to bring the light in, to shine brightly. God, help us to do that, all of us, every believer on the planet. God, help us to shine on this dark world brighter, that Jesus would be honored and Jesus would be glorified and Jesus 
would find his home in the hearts of people. God, use us for that right here in this town, right here in our homes. God, right here in this place, help us to be just surrendered believers and followers to you. God, we love you so much. Love you so much. Thank you for Peter and his writing. Thank you for the challenge to squeeze as much light out of the dark that we can. We give you all the praise, give you all the glory, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.